Yo, what up, everyone? Welcome yet again to another episode of Jump the Sharp. That's right. It's your favorite sports betting podcast. Throwing a little bit of a curveball to you this week, though. Not really going to be on that tip the whole time. Uh, it's your host, Hollywood Hagen, co-host David, the Woodman. Woody, what's up, brother? What's up, Brian? How you doing, dude? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent because we got a fucking special one here today. And we're pumped up for this. But uh, at Jump the Sharp on Twitter, you know where to find us. Yo, I gave you two winners last night on the handle. Uh, NBA picks. I did a funky parlay, too, tonight. Uh, it's not looking so good. The, the the Heat are getting their asses handed to them. But Jimmy Butler, come through with a triple-double. Help us out here a little bit. Woody, how has your success has been lately? What's this last week done for you? Well, the baseball last week, I got um, – I, I did not do as hot. I think I went. Wow. (laughs) No, I think I went one and two, and it should have been two and one, actually. Um, But, you know, I've been swerving kind of this year, man, because I've been going too far, too heavy on the pitchers, too heavy on the hitters, and I'm just trying to find the zone, you know? All right. Well, let's let's find that zone this week. Yo, check the Twitter handle as well, because, like we said, we are trying to be a little bit more. Uh, we're putting our all basically all the picks we do on that used to be, we were just talking about, yo, listen to podcasts for these picks, but there's a fucking week in between episodes. You guys want winners during the week at jump the sharp, uh, on Twitter there. Yo, how about this super pumped special guest host of bring in the backups is here. A hilarious fucking podcast, folks. It's a, a, a feature in a profile of a random backup quarterback in NFL history. Uh, but also, just entertaining as hell banter with others in the comedy game. Uh, at Backups Pod is where you can find the podcast. This latest episode covered the illustrious career of third-string quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, Alex Van Pelt. Let's get a little taste. And the Bills hire him in 2006. Dick Duran was the head coach, and they make uh, Van Pelt the offensive quality control coach. I don't know what that means. This is a podcast where I don't pretend to know what things mean when I don't know. I don't know what the fuck an offensive quality control coach is. Does that just mean like somebody throws a touchdown and I look over to Alex Van Pelt and he's like, good quality. What does that mean? <laughs> Featured on America's Got Talent, MTV, a big Mac football fan, ladies and gentlemen. Find and follow him on Twitter at Eric Helwig, E-R-I-C-K. H-E-L-L-W-I-G. It's Eric Helwig, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Eric? I've dude? never so ha- been introed with my own, with a clip of my own podcast. That's crazy. I get to I get to pretend ah. like I'm famous for five seconds. I love it. Dude, I told you we don't fuck around. You do here, not fuck okay? around. Production's top notch. The picks might be a swing and a miss, but the production's on point. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, can I run a pick by you guys? I actually made a, a bet uh last night. I bet the mortgage of my house that the Charlotte Hornets would change their name to the Charlotte Bobcats tomorrow. I took, I took oh, a million so to one odds. So if I win, they're going back. I'm good. Wow. If I lose, I would have held out for 2 million to one. <laughs> no, it's good to be on this. They, they wanted to go back to those, uh, those colors, man. Remember all the girls back in the nineties bought the starter jackets with the purple and the blue. Yeah. It was snazzy. I do remember that. The only reason I was thinking about the Bobcats today is because I was watching, uh, the, Kwame Brown, Stephen A. Smith drama, Jesus. and they sh- he was like Stephen A. Smith's comeback to Kwame Brown was like clips of him sucking on the Bobcats, and I'm like, that's kind of not the point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I love that you're like, I'm going to be on this this fucking shitty ass uh, sports betting podcast. Let me do some research on Kwame Brown before I jump on that. 
<laughs> but dude, your podcast legit hysterical. I'm not just blowing smoke because uh, I find it hard to find a lot of things funny anymore. I think comedy is like a little bit. It, it, I don't know. It just doesn't breathe as well as it used to, and it's a lot of it's politicized. All right, we get, who, we, we get who you voted for. Move on. where where'd the idea for this come from the backups Uh, all that i tell everybody i i was gonna start a podcast i knew i needed to do something in the pandemic i was a comedian unable to do stand-up i was like i can't be masturbating 85 times before noon i need something (laughs) so i knew a podcast was coming and i had ideas and they were all pretty shitty and I was I was just struggling with it, and a, a buddy of mine was like, "You have to do something that you really that you do in your spare time because this is going to be you guys know just the process of doing it, scheduling guests, editing podcasts. Like it's a it's a time suck. So you're sure. going to get sick of it at some point. There's going to be moments you have to power through. It should be something you really like. And as he was saying that, I was watching a YouTube video. Uh, every Koi Dentmer touchdown in history. Short video. It's like it's seven minutes. He only threw ten touchdowns, so there's like eighteen angles of each touchdown. Like it's slowed down. You got to do a lot of work to get a Coy Detmer touchdown video up to seven minutes. Is there a lot of doggy style slapping in slow mo in San Francisco on that Monday night? Oh my god, that's what he did that every time. He he did that every time he threw a touchdown. That's true. Uh, true. I I could I could go through the whooping stick celebrations uh, game by game if we needed to. But yeah, like that's what I was watching. And I just said to myself, well, I do watch old clips of football games all the time. And if I'm going through YouTube, like my algorithm has decided that like half of my videos are literally like a Bengals, uh, you know, a Bengals Rams game from 1991 where both teams have like four combined wins in week 15. And I'll, watch, I'll watch the whole thing. I'll be like. I'll be like, how good was Boomer Esiason as he was like dying? Like, I I, I love that stuff. And yep. uh, and then I, as I thought more about the idea, look, there was really nothing like that else that existed in the podcasting world. And I was like, okay, this is a uh, niche enough to like kind of carve out a little space. There's 300 people in the U.S. that might be interested in listening to a podcast about Alex Van Pelt, but I will find them. I will find them. I will market directly that. to them. And then what's funny is now that I've been doing the podcast, I don't even really talk about the quarterbacks that much. Like I, I talk about right, the quarterbacks right. for maybe 10 minutes and the rest of it's like yeah. me complaining about this fucking celiac disease. I just found out I have. So it's just, it's mm. more like a, for me, if I'm honest, it's like, I love, I love doing comedy. I haven't been able to do it for a year. It's an excuse to, you know, be a comedian, connect with fans and yeah. Like the get on the mic. Yeah. And the, the sports thing is kind of like, it's a, the, the sugar that makes the medicine go down. That's almost how I feel about it is like you need a hook. And it is a thing that I, I like talking about. So it, it fits naturally with, uh, with me as far as just me, like having stuff to ramble about, but it's really fun, man. I've, I've had a good time and I've got to connect with people like you. I've, I've done a bunch of other people's podcasts. So awesome. it's very, uh, it, it's, it's a fun show. That's cool, man. Yeah, dude, I can relate. I find myself at night. I'll, be, I'll tell the wife because I got three kids. We just had our third. And, uh, you know, I'll be like, I'm going to stay. You got to give a heads up. You got to give them a heads up. Uh, I'm staying up tonight. It's like 930 in the morning. Yep, I'm staying up tonight. Just to let you know, 
give you a heads up and I'm, what are you going to do? I probably play PlayStation and, you know, whatever for a few hours. And what do I end up doing? Just popping a couple and going through some random rabbit hole on YouTube, whether it's old Degeneration X videos or fucking a Jaguars game for when they somehow made the NFC Championship game. And you're like, holy shit, Tony Baselli is one of the best left tackles. You're like, There's two time. things I know in this world. Tony Baselli was underrated and X-Pac could have had a bigger career if they had just written him into more stuff. <laughs> X-Pac got screwed. Is it X-Pac or X-Pac? Who cares? I don't know, but let's have him in. Yo, yeah, we have a surprise for you, Eric. <laughs> Pops <Welcome>. up <laughs> the fucking Zencast. That'd be hilarious. Let's get Joel Embiid just to start that, DX chopping his, everybody his, right now. His Bronco Buster move was mm. my favorite. I was like, it was literally just I'm gonna I'm gonna jump with my dick in your face for twenty <laughs> seconds on the turnbuckle and go. Do you know of the legitimate injury he received on that? Oh yes, we don't. I don't even want to say it. It's so brutal. He legitimately oh, ripped his ass, oh. and it was bad too. I've oh, heard him they, talk about it on podcasts. Like it was not a quick heal. No, 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 no. That's, and and no one mentions who he was doing it to. I mean, that person either had some a nose of steel. I don't know, but oh, for that to happen, yeah, that was. A, Pull at the collar. One of the on one of the worst injuries I've heard described on a podcast was him. Big time. Didn't mean to go. go no, let's that. talk about X Pac's fucking genital injury for the next hour. I'm down. <laughs> we gotta do. What we gotta yep. do. Yeah, I'm down to make a swerve. Yeah. Big time. I'll tell you one thing. I got a buddy who uh, grew up in Buffalo, big Bills fan. Back when I lived in Vegas, uh, what I had a it was a Philly dude in an apartment with a Buffalo dude and a Chicago dude, all super freaks about football. Yeah. He, I texted him after uh, hearing your pod. I said, yo, dude, Van Pelt, how was he as a color commentator? And he said he was pretty hey. good. I was shocked. I was wondering. I was like, I was why, would, why would he quit yeah. after two years if he was any good? But that, that's good to hear, man. He's, he's a great coach. Yeah, well, that, maybe that's why. Maybe he got a coaching opportunity, realized he wanted to get out of the booth. But he said, dude, I remember him being a damn good color commentator. I said, all right. Oh, that's great. Cool. I'll, have to tell, I'll tell Eric. But uh but yeah, man. So tell us a little bit about your career and maybe what you're working on now. Sure. Um, I moved to uh, moved to New York when I was 22 uh, out of college. I had not really tried comedy, but I knew I wanted to do something in the in the field, uh, I guess, of comedy. And uh, I started at this place called The Pit, which was now I don't think exists anymore because of COVID. Um, but it was this like improv theater where you could take classes and everything. So it was like sketch improv. And I'd never really done any of that stuff in high school or college. I was just kind of funny with my friends and kind of got the idea to do comedy because my, my girlfriend at the time, this is a year prior to me moving there. Like we're living in Southern Virginia and she signed up for this, uh, second city class. And I literally signed up to go just cause I was like, I, you know, I'm a jealous guy. I was like, I don't want her to poke up with somebody in New York. And, uh, also it was like, it sounded fun to be in New York for two weeks, you know? And you're like, maybe I can hook yeah, up. Maybe, with yeah. Maybe I could cheat on her. Right. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> no. uh, and then we were in the class and I'm like, Oh, I really like doing comedy. This is fun. And it was at that, at that time it was just improv and writing sketches. So when I moved to New York, I started doing it all. I was doing stand up improv, did a little bit of acting. I took like a filmmaking class and, uh, the hardest of all the things to do was stand up. Um, that that was a time where it was kind of a brutal scene in New York. They, you go to open mics and just have more veteran comics kind of ripping you apart. 
but versus like I would go to improv class and like by the fourth week I'd be like dating somebody. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm gonna get laid and make make believe like I'm a little kid. I'll do improv. So I I, I fell into yeah. improv for years and uh, made a bunch of great friends. But the whole time I was doing it, especially towards the end, like I'm starting to get to 28, 29 years old. I know we had mentioned before, like I was doing voiceover and stuff like that. Um, so I, I got up, which is what's up. Sorry. Sorry, what I was saying, which is a great gig, but it's just not like super steady. Usually. No, no. Like in, yeah. improv does, you know, I'm in the city and it, it did open me up to like, I got a couple acting roles. Like I did act in commercials. Like I, I separate those things. Acting in commercials is different from acting in real stuff. Um, yeah, but I was, I was making a living doing it, which is not, not a lot of people get to that level. So I was grateful for that. But towards the end, I was like, I'm not feeling happy doing improv. And I knew I always wanted to try stand up. and I done, I would do it like every six months I would do a friend show, but I wasn't doing it, doing it to really do it. You need to be doing it every night, multiple times. And New York is the perfect place for that. So I started really getting into stand up like seven years ago. And, uh, that's been the career focus since then. Um, right now I do a lot of festivals. I think I'm on almost 30 festivals, uh, nice. since, yeah, since 2017. So the goal before COVID was really like one a month and I would, I travel out, do shows and try to book myself like a little mini tour. If I'm doing a North Carolina festival, like I'll try to book stuff all over, you know? Um, and then, yeah, I, the biggest career thing was I got AGT once I moved out to LA, which was 2018. Um, AGT was obviously a, a big deal. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think AGT? it would be as big a deal as it turned out, but my, uh, my character got a little, I had like a minute of internet fame from that. And from that kind of grew a couple other opportunities. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I just realized AGT stood for America's got talent. I'm like, what is oh, AGT? Like, are you Speaking okay? I, I know you got that, it. That, that's my business yeah, you... lingo here. LA, <laughs> I thought Hollywood would have picked, picked up on it, but it, I know we just recently got celiac. I'm like AGT and celiac. Fuck, you've had a couple. <laughs> I have AGT coursing through my veins. They gave me a month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. So yeah, I, I did have some. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've gotten to do a couple cool shows. I was on an MTV show, uh, which was fun. Dude, that clip is hilarious. Of the the one on your on your uh, website with the one about your grandfather's wine. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the animation. Holy show. shit! I showed. I showed my wife that today. I'll post it on our Twitter. It is it, like, like I said, it's very hard for me to laugh out loud at stuff anymore. It's stuff just isn't really that funny anymore. And that was cracking me up, dude. That was, dude. So I could talk about, so I, both my, uh, all my grandparents have very interesting stories. They all came to the country from different places. And that specific thing you're talking about, it's like an animated show that was on MTV. Right. Um, the lead in was Snooky. Like when you, if you watched it live, it was Snooky telling a story that just sucked. And then me. So I, I crushed Snooky. Everybody that watched it was like much funnier than Snooky. Yeah, it's a very little part that was of clear. Because um, <laughs> she's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now that I don't work for MTV anymore, I can say that. Um, Good. Good for no, it. but uh, my grandfather, like that accent that I do, that's not a put upon thing. Like he really does talk like that. He's lived in this country since like the 1950s. Like he came over as a teenager. The French accent should be gone but he's still with us he's in his mid 90s now and the accent gets thicker as he goes it was like dude you've been surrounded by non-french speaking people your entire <laughs> adult life it, you still like, like he still sounds like the chef from the little mermaid trying to fry sebastian 
<laughs> so yeah, that next time it's you, X Pac, and your grandfather on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should. You you would I tell you what, if you got my grandfather on the show, man, you would not you would not be hurting for lack of stories. He's got some Oh, I'm sure. He's got some doozies. He's had quite a life. Um but yeah, I did a couple shows on MTV, but that was the that's the one that would like I was it was me. I was the featured comic right. or whatever. That was a really fun. That was, that was, I, I'm thinking about it now. That was probably my first time on TV just as me, I, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was, uh, well, we're, uh, we're, we're Philly guys here. You got Philly ties. I right? do. My dad. My, uh, so okay. And, and, and you're an Eagles fan. Diehard. Right? Go birds, man. Go birds. birds. Go birds. Uh, have you received the, ah, you know, oh, Phillies fans, oh, they're the worst of fucking Eagles fans, especially. Yeah, well, the dude pouring popcorn on fucking Russell Westbrook last night didn't help. That Thanks, didn't help, asshole. did it? No. There's 10 more years of right? throwing batteries at Santa. Yeah. Now we got, here's the yeah. batteries at J.D. Drew. Here's the snowballs at Santa. Now it's going to be popcorn. At least it went from batteries to popcorn after 20 but Popcorn's years. not that bad. You know, it went from, it went from you know, try, it went from trying to kill Santa Claus to batteries, right. to really letting Scott Rowland hear it, to popcorn on Russell Westbrook. We're I mean, honestly, I, if you, I think the I think the guy was like, "Dude, you're limping off. You really tr- put your all in on that court. Here's a little nourishment." <laughs> Didn't really it's go over. Such, well, yeah. Russell it's, wanted it's them. So. Such. I mean, look, I, I love Russell Westbrook. Like, I, I I appreciate someone in the NBA where it's like. So much like like the jumping from team to team and making super teams thing like annoys me. Like I, like for something yeah. I'm like I'm not pretending like I'm some athlete. I'm not, but I do have a consp- uh, competitive nature about me. I'll say, and something about sure. like losing and then being cool with people right after like offends my competitive nature. But something uh, I always respect yeah. about Russell Westbrook is when he's playing somebody, he's like, I fucking hate them. I hate them. I want to bite their face off. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Somebody that thinks the way I would, I think when I'm competing with someone, you know, like when I'm playing pickup basketball, I'm the asshole that like wants to fight. If somebody is calling fouls that aren't fouls, like I get competitive. So I really appreciate that about him. And the fact that the dude was limping off. I mean, it's such a, it's such a dick move. I'm like, I I don't know. I I saw Charles Barkley being like, I love every Charles Barkley take. You're just going like, best. I think you should be allowed to fight one fan every game. I'm like, yes, great. <laughs> I love it because there's always. Well, he he liked to spit on one fan every game. So, oh, but yeah, Barkley you know, was, was Barkley just... was uh, <laughs> he was uh, I mean, look, he's a he was a Philly. He was a Philly legend, too. I mean, he had oh, yeah. some, his best. Here. Of course, he Definitely. always will be. He's amazing. He's the be- he's one of the best sound drops. If that dude's talking, I'm listening, Definitely. and and he can talk forever. And I'm he's, he's I think the best. Char- I think Charles Barkley and, the- and Kwame Brown should have a podcast. Yes, yes. I mean, I would, I would, I think we're getting a lot of nice combos. Charles Barkley Kwame, X Pac, your grandfather. I think we're getting some nice, nice combos there. But I'm like you, dude. If I lose a pinochle, like stay away from me for 10 minutes. Yeah. I I get over it. Uh, Here's the thing I'm a competitive person. I do get over it. But in the heat, like even just like we had our friends over the other night playing Catan. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. they're my friends. And I'm playing with, it's my two friends and my wife. And when I start losing, I'm like, these fucking people. Like, I, I start to, I'm like, they're, they're going against me. Like, I want to win. I think that's a good instinct. Of it course. Bothers- that's some of the Philly ties that your dad 
you know, instilled in you too. Oh yeah. One time I was hanging out yeah. with my dad. We were watching my little sister's uh, soccer game. She was like seven, and he turned to me, uh, unattached to anything else, and said, "Eric, anytime I need to get mad, I think about nine eleven." <laughs> so that is how I was raised. <laughs> yeah, that's in a nutshell, right there. Listen, there's some rage. <laughs> It's rage and and hyper competitiveness and like irrational violence is not you know unique to to the Hellwig household. It's not unique to the city of Philadelphia, uh, but they are pervasive here for sure. And we we do love our. I mean, we like to get rowdy with how much we want to win, and we get a little you know we take it too far. We take it, and that's all right. Sometimes. We take it too, that's okay. we take it too far. I, one thing I always say that I appreciate. And, and I, guess, I guess I can do this because I'm, I've never lived in Philly that, you know, we moved around mm. a lot. My dad would take us to, you know, my dad went to West Point and he liked Philly sports teams. So every year we'd see an army football game. We'd see a couple Phillies games sure. and we'd usually see an Eagles game. And those, so I was like to the vet three or four times a year, even if we're living in right. yep. Louisiana, we would come up for that stuff. Wow. So yeah, I missed the vet though, the, the also, like the other places I lived, I've so I've been to games like in you know I've seen Atlanta Braves games when we lived near there. I've saw Carolina Panthers games, New Orleans Saints. Um, you know I've lived a lot of places, especially along the East Coast. And the difference I'd say with because you know Philly fans obviously boo their own team, and that's not that, there's plenty of mm-hmm. places you go where that's not common, where that that's not a thing you see happen often unless the team's really sucking. So in Philly, you see it all the time, but you also have a more informed fan base who's like, I think we boo when we see a center fielder not backing up and we see that it costs, it gives the team an extra base. It's like, it's booing, but it's from an informed place. And that's different from like just idiots that want to fight or like just fans that are disgruntled. It's like, I don't know. To me, it feels like a, it's weird, but it's a love language almost. I mean, I'm maybe I'm just semanticing myself. Out of no, us being I mean, psychos, but speak, speaking of center fielders, look at Aaron Rowan. That motherfucker will never have to pay for another meal in Philadelphia ever again. Ran himself right into a brick no. wall. We'll never forget it. He was, yeah, I, I loved you him. Know? Yeah, and that—that's the reason why. If he never did that, people would have been like Aaron Rowan. Fuck's that, you know? Yeah. But he put it out there. We love, we love the people that hustle. Yeah, he was that's only here for a couple of years. He wasn't like, uh, he wasn't right. a, an all-time Philly legend. But yeah, you just do little stuff no. like that. I'm trying to think of players like that that I. I still uh, kind of revere from my childhood. Like if I start with the Eagles, obviously Brian Dawkins, but he's like a Absolutely. Dawkins is like a Hall of Fame player. I'm trying to think of like guys that weren't. Do you want to hear like random ones? Because I'll go and to see if they and Woodman, please well, jump in. Okay, as I well. want to say Mike Zordich like, before anybody goes. Okay, go for it. Mike yes, Zordich. that was because, I, because Mike Zordich be played hard. You remember Tim Hawk, Tim Hawk? Tim, I was, you Tim just Hawk. took my Tim two. Hawk I was literally going to say Mike Zordich and Tim I really Hawk. liked. Uh, How did you just do that? They were going to be my two. I don't know, because I was just I was thinking Eagles. Like, let, let's try a different sport. We want to try a different sport. That's fucking crazy. We can't, well, yeah, we'll go for it. Name a sport. Woody, pick a pick sport. A sport. Uh, hockey. Rob DeMaio. <laughs> Pelly Eklund. Yeah. I liked, uh, it's just, I think nuts. it's just because I, uh, we, I, we went to a lot of Caps games in D.C. Mm-hmm. And every, I feel like every time I went to a Caps game for like four years, I watched Donald Brashear beat the shit out of four Caps. Yep. <laughs> out of everybody. So yeah. I liked, uh, I liked yep. Donald Brashear. I like uh, the oh, f- e- uh, Flyers backup goalie Ray Emery a lot. 
because he, he would always yeah, fight. Yeah. He, would, he was like the goalie that would go tra- track down the other goalie and get shit out of him during fights. <laughs> I always thought that was fun. That's why Ron Hextall is like my favorite athlete of all time. That dude just jumped out of the crease and checked Chris Chelios for no no reason. Yeah, yeah, he had some, he had some balls. The best, I, the, the best thing about hockey, I don't, I don't watch. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a hockey aficionado. Right, right. I'm not, but I hate that they've kind of phased out the fighting because to me, it's it, yeah. it's the most. Yeah, there's something so pure about just like you're, you're, they're skating. They're like, <laughs> they're literally like like uh, fucking like ice capades like it's a, like you just watch yeah. a hockey game with just skating you're like wow look at look at how like deft they are and then to just be like you know what i think we should fight and they just drop their clubs and agree to pound the shit out of each other there's something so right about it like in, in football what do you do you, like you step on somebody in a huddle you bite their finger when no one can see you like you try to in basketball you like pretend to kick your leg out so you hit somebody in the nuts when you're going up for a three-pointer Dude. in hockey you Jesus drop Christ. your gloves and you fight. And I'm like, and then you, Do you remember when LeBron got carried off in the air, one leg with, with one, like a, a different player each had a leg holding him up to like their shoulder length because he had a pulled hand. I don't remember that. No. And how many, it was like when he was on the heat uh, and, and the memes were crazy about hockey. You got these dudes with a tooth up through their nose, you know, blood coming out of their eyes. And they're just like, put me in coach next, uh, next shift. And meanwhile, LeBron. To me, the the biggest difference is between the purity of a hockey fight and baseball pitchers throwing at batters. I'm like, one is what you do if you're honorable, and one is trying to kill somebody with a baseball because you're a pussy. Like, like the fact that that's part of like part of the unwritten rule is like a guy stares at a home run for three seconds too long. Because he's from the Dominican yeah. Republic, so I try to kill him three hours later. <laughs> like, <laughs> with a right, like a pitch that could literally kill someone. Yes. Like, it's insane, dude. It's insane. You see, uh, it's insane. Yeah, sorry, you go, you go. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to try and tie like these two last two things together because I see a little connection here. You know, to me, it's like that yin and yang of like the Philly, like the boot. Yeah, we booed Santa Claus, and we'll do it again. And <laughs> but at the same time, we love. Art, like it's it, it's partly from like uh, you said love language like it, it's like i i've you will never talk to sports fans who love i i don't think i don't think patriots fans love tom brady as much as eagles fans love brian Dawkins. yes like they will go insane people, people go insane if you wear like come a at us, patriots fans come to fuck at us <laughs> i live um i'm talking to you eric i live like right by pats and Geno's. like i live okay, in south cool. philly and like you still like to this day, like if you're walking down the street with a Dawkins jersey, you like everyone on the street will like stop you and want to talk to you. Like Philly, it's just it's the it's the two sides of that passion. And unfortunately, we get all our rep is is from the negative side, but the positive side's there for sure. The po- yeah, the, to me, the positive side is like it's a real loyalty thing. You know, like I I think about. I think about me and my father. Me and my father are very different. I'm, by the way, I'm gonna, this can be therapy now. Uh, get ready for the therapy part of your podcast. Let's go for like, it. Like me and my father, we have very Sorry different lives. Um, you know, he was in the army. I go on stage and, and tell dick jokes and make fun of him. So that's what we chose to do with our <laughs> lives. <laughs> you know, so it, was, it was a long road for him to accept me being a comedian. I think it would have been easier if I told him I was gay, but it, it, was, a, it was definitely hard for him. <laughs> so like – to 
what those what the Eagles and particularly the Eagles, but I'd say the Phillies and the the Flyers and the Sixers did was give us a chance to like have like a, a connection that's about our family that goes deeper than other stuff. Like I think he would be it, it means a lot that we have that to talk about. And I feel like that is different other places in the country where it's it's not like you're passing down a family heirloom to have your kid cheer for the same team as you. Like I'll meet people who's like who like their parents root for, you know, some team in New York because that's where they grew up, but they're like LA Lakers fans. I'm like, how do you root for a different team than what your yeah. family roots for? That's what your family bad parenting. It, it it it's like a disconnect. I think it's why mm-hmm. like there's so much uh hatred for bandwagon fan bases like the Cowboys to name one. Oh yeah. Or yeah. Like, or the Yankees. What's up, women can't parlay? What's up? We got we got cow cowboys fans that are Friends of the show that uh, we like to rag on every now every every time the Cowboys Look, are brought up. There was a clip. Did you see? There was a clip of a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Cowboys missed uh, lost the game on Monday Night Football last season. He pulled out a gun and shot the TV. And I was like, the first cow, the first <laughs> Cowboys fan I like. Yeah, the first, right. <laughs> the first guy showing that there are real fans in Dallas. Great, thank you. He's not wearing a stupid cowboy hat, pretending like he's a he's. Fucking, <laughs> I'm just happy your sentence ended with TV because somebody missed a field goal. I'm like. <laughs> more of that more of that let's not forget let's not forget the chicago fans the philly fans got all this shit i'm pretty sure a a, a kansas city rules first base coach got jumped by a father-son combo not to like people forget about all that shit now it goes right back to the sand of the philly yeah the uh you know last night what else happened it was uh what something else happened in another city what the fuck happened last night at another game there was another oh, fan. So, oh, uh, yeah, it was in New York. Somebody spit on the I can't remember his name, but the point guard for the Hawks, Trey, Trey Young. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. So I've heard a lot more about the popcorn than I have about the sport. Sure. Like I'm, I'm not saying the popcorn's cool. I'm just saying. Well, look. We- hey, man. Listen, here, I have a saying that I say about Philly, and I get to say this because I live here. Philadelphians are just like anyone else, only more so. <laughs> you know and and uh, you know eric what you were saying is so poignant it's very true and and i'm not trying to do therapy but like it, you know everybody knows i think it's or like at least sports writers have written about how like sometimes you are to a point with your especially your dad i think a lot of people with their dad or it could be a brother it could be a mom it could be a friend but like you get to a point where you can't really talk about a lot of things but you can still talk about sports and that's really that's definitely true of a of, of a lot of us and it, I just think it's, it's the only reason true. we talk, Woody. It's the only reason we start friends. <laughs> I just think it's truer in Philly. It's truer in Philly. <laughs> like it's, somebody, it's, like, you're right. And the reason we need to talk about the teams are because we think talking about our feelings makes us gay. So that's why yeah. people don't <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, right. We should work on that as well. But in, yep. in the interim, as we work towards being able to say, like, I'm angry and this is what you said to make me feel this way, until we get there – it's nice to be able to talk about the Eagles and have something to break the the, the Catholic silence lingering between families Thanks, over God. the dinner table. <laughs> yes. Well said. <laughs> so let, let me get to, once again, the, the, the show, uh, bringing the backups at Backups Pod and Eric Helwig once again joining us at Eric Hel- Helwig on Twitter. Uh, your favorite backup quarterback now. I wanted to ask you just like which backup that you've done so far. How many shows are you about? Um, I just finished. I just, the last one was the 19th show. All right. So 19th. So which backup thus far made for what do you like most interesting or entertaining 
profile or story. I, I know they're pretty much kind of run along the same paths, but every now and again, one, you know, well, there's got to be one that you've done so far that you're like, holy shit, really? They do this all run along. I can give, I can give you my answer. You give me your, What's your answer. answer? Brist, Brister, man, Brister. 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 Yeah. It was such a great app, dude. Thanks, man. So yeah. That, that to, our, me up. to our listeners, listen to, go listen, just grab that episode. Maybe it's like episode 13 or something. Go check that one out, dude. And Brent, and my, my guest on that show is a very funny comedian as well. And yeah. I, it's funny because he's one of the bigger names I've gotten on the show so far, uh, Brendan. And the whole interview, we talk about meditation. And it's like, I've literally mm-hmm. been doing it since that. Like, that was, I've had so many, I've had like three different therapists. I've had doctors be like, you need to sit with your thoughts a little more. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sounds good. But then like a comic on my fucking backup quarterback podcast is like, no, bro, you need to do it. And I was like, okay, this guy's got a point. And like, I've been doing it. So it's like, it's weird, that, it's weird the way you need to hear stuff sometimes to, to like push over the edge. But that's a, that's a. How many views is that YouTube playlist getting? Which one? The meditation playlist. Oh, so I, said, yes. Right? They, wow. Good memory. Yeah. You recognized it before <laughs> I did. Uh, I got through that. There was only 10 little uh, meditation on there, but then I downloaded, um, what's it called? Waking Up, which is like a Sam Harris meditation app. And I've been doing that. Like three or four Not to be confused with the Sam Kennison waking up. <laughs> yeah. Where you yeah. wake Those up and different. do coke and kill a hunter. And- yeah. <laughs> Be insane because you had a car accident and it changed your brain. Yeah. Uh, okay. So your favorite was Bubby Brister. That's a great one. Uh, do you want you want to go with your favorite Hollywood? Well, I, I I'm not gonna I'm I'm not even gonna joke about it. But I gave him the heads up on the Bubby because I was like, dude, I don't laugh out loud at shit. But I even and I'll tell you this. I'll I'll be fully disclosed. Even like your pre planned bits and all, you know, with some stuff like SNL now and everything. It's just so putrid now it's just not funny and i was like okay this dude's killing it i'm on board uh because i probably the reason why it's been my favorite is because it was the first episode i heard of use i've been catching yeah. up but the pre-planned bits on that one dude i was like crying in the car like laughing i was like this is fucking was that funny. the one where he's but he's the, the bubby brister names your baby one okay yes, good. yeah yeah yes. i like that one too yeah you were doing that boy- yeah oh, i try to space him out was- but i'm like i've gotten a lot of people be like you should just do the fucking bubby brister thing every episode i'm like it'll get old <laughs> it'll get old if you hear it every yeah yeah you need course. to space it out like once every couple months i know you tried to have fry on the you know you thought you had some uh you're you're getting to him i told and and nothing i think i fruition. know what happened i think i know what happened with charlie fry was it the kellen it's winslow the kellen, thing dude it's for sure the kellen winslow thing <laughs> explain he, the people okay well i, I don't want to have to go too deep into it but kellen winslow like raped no. a homeless woman that was 70 and he's in prison like he's a he, he's cte'd out of he's got I, who knows not, beat your heart out aaron not, hernandez. Yeah, he's like aaron hernandez 2.0 it's not a pretty thing to go into a <laughs> kellen winslow jr deep dive uh the the him don't be a tight end in florida yeah, not, the, was he a, was he one too Oh yeah, he was. He, Kellen Winslow came from Florida uh, or uh, Miami, from Miami, that's right. right? Right. And so did so did uh so did uh, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, he, he was a Gator, right? Hernandez was a Gator, and he was uh and Hernandez was, he was a Gator. A yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do yeah. think that so was look out for the next Florida State uh, tight end because stay away from him. I I do think that's what it was though because Charlie Fry was liking all the videos, all the promos, and I'm like, I wrote him, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I can see you liking it, like I know you're watching it. Which is probably not a good attitude to have. Like, dude, come on! Like, probably thinks I'm like a psycho with my dick tucked in between, my like dancing in front of me. Like, he he probably doesn't trust that I'm a person to go do a podcast with. 
He might have thought when you said, I can see you liking it. He doesn't mean that like, okay, your your little heart notification on your computer. He probably thought you meant like he, you were behind no, him. Yeah, yeah, I'm like window. watching him sleep with a huge knife, <laughs> tapping on the window, saying, Charlie Fry. No, yeah. he probably didn't. Morse code, come on my podcast. No, man. It was, I, I feel like it's going to happen. I almost got a guy, uh, uh, I think I think it's pronounced Jabron Hamden. He was the first ever, uh, he's the first ever Palestinian quarterback in the NFL. He went to my high school and he was there when I was there. Like I remember watching him play and then he was commenting on his own video. And I'm like, well, dude, this guy's obviously going to come on the show. Like I, kn- I don't know him, but I wrote about him. I was the reporter on the team when he was quarterback. And even and then I messaged him and he didn't write back. So I think there's like whatever. I'm I'm sounding the, the more the longer I talk about it, the more desperate I sound. I'd love to have a quarterback on. I don't know if my show is tailored to having the guys I'm lightly making fun of. Come on. Well, if you could only have one on your show, if you could pick one to have who would it be and why is it's, it Coy, it's Coy Demmer. Demmer? Thank you. Way to ask that question. It's Coy Demmer because he was the man. He was the man and I and he he played All right, we got to make this happen, ladies and gentlemen. Well, one of his one uh, or two actually, two of his players cuz he's now a a coach in Mission, Texas, have written in on YouTube. They've been like, "Hey, this guy was my coach." This is so funny. I'm like, "Fucker, this stop s- talk to him." <laughs> You little piece of shit. Don't tell me. Yeah, don't tell me. Tell him. Yeah. Tell him. I know right. he's got time. I know he's not that busy in Mission, Texas. He can hop on my stupid no. podcast. Yeah, so I've had two people be like, Coy <laughs> Demo was my coach, thinking it's going to be like a fun thing to talk with me about. I'm just getting mad at them. I'm like, well, then why are, Why haven't you no. done the work? If you're listening to this, you know I want to talk to him. That would be great to see that reply on the YouTube comments. Fucker dot dot dot. Tell him. They actually are on there if you want to go check it out. Like I I, I unload on people. Um, no, I, I love Coy Detmer. I mean, his the 1998 Eagles Packers game. You guys remember this Monday Night Football. Eagles were 2-11. Two and, two and sure. um, they lost to the Packers. I believe it was 24 to 18, something like that, 24 to 16. But it was the birth of the Coy Detmer whooping stick celebration. He, his first mm-hmm. two touchdowns, he threw to Jeff Graham uh, at Lambeau Field. Jesus Christ. And oh Coy God. Detmer would throw the touchdown, then run out to the center of the field and look at Brett Favre, future Hall of Fame Brett Favre, and like pull a sock out of his pants and mind whipping his dick. And I was like, whoever this guy is, I'm 13 years old. I've just started masturbating. This is my guy. Is I'm riding or dying with this guy until he's out of the NFL. I knew that at 13. I was like, I will always love this guy. And then the fact that he never left the Eagles, the fact that he became the the placeholder and David, Ak- like there was like a, I remember yeah. I read a story that David Akers was like 95% of his field goals when Coy Detmer was holding and 72% career when he wasn't. And I was like, you fucking bet he was. Coy right. Detmer- because he had his hand in the sock Coy, before. But he was right. No, it was the way Coy would he would catch the ball. He would angle it perfectly for Acres right. to come kick. He, Coy had like a little he put a little of his own. So what you're saying is David Akers wasn't nearly as good as David Akers. He was as good as Coy. David Akers should uh, all of his career achievements should say David Akers parentheses with Coy Detmer holding. He was <laughs> Coy Detmer was the best holder in the NFL. The Eagles kept him on that team to do just that for the last couple of years of his career. Um, and by the way, look, uh, the, 
if I talk about any quarterback for long enough, I'll always end up on, they could have been great. They didn't have a shot. Like that's the whole point of the podcast. I don't know anything. Right. And it's fun to pretend like everybody was screwed over when in reality, some guys suck and that's fine. Um, and, and suck like in terms of like, they're only the 50th greatest quarterback in the world. Not the eight. Yep. They're still amazing athletes. Um, right. But with Coy Dentmer, that 49ers game, holy shit. The 49ers game. Dude, one, he man. played like out of his mind. I mean, and this is how I know it because mm-hmm. it, that was the first episode of my podcast. I honestly could have probably ended the fucking podcast after the first episode. I could have just <laughs> been like the Koi Detmer podcast. One episode, never do it again. But that's it. I had my wife on as a guest and she's, you know, she watches football with me, but she's not like a football person. She doesn't love it. And then the way that I can get her to watch it is to – humanize somebody on the team and be like that player has a pit bull like us and she's like oh great and then she'll that's how she i can get her into the game a little bit she does it the same the same way that when we go to musical theater she'll be like uh this actor is from philadelphia and i'm like and he's probably never heard of the eagles but who cares whatever for this guy in hamilton or whatever we're watching so like we do it to each other to like bring each other into each other's worlds but she, my, my wife is a very prepared person. So when I had her on the podcast, she was like, I'm going to watch Koi Detmer clips so I know what to talk about. And she came on the podcast and she was like, unironically, like, he never got a chance. Like, she was all worked up about it. And I was like, this is why I fucking love you. Because she's right. He, he, really, he really did play well, considering how bad the team was when he, was, he got most of his starts. That was the 98 pre-McNabb season. Um, yeah, yep. every chance he got after that, he played pretty well. So like, I do view him as like, yeah, he's like, you know, whatever he's noodle armed. He's a little undersized for a quarterback. He's remember during that Packers game, John Madden goes like, he's like an untalented Brett Favre, which is the funniest way to describe a quarterback ever. But he was like, he would do a lot of flips. Like as he's getting sacked, like he just never yep. gave up. I fucking love that. It's amazing how you, how you can, as a sports fan, you can kind of talk yourself into like, yeah, this is going to be okay. I remember when, when the Eagles started shutting down and uh, they got Mark Sanchez as the quarterback and he oh, had like yeah. one good game. And you're like, oh, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, former Jet, they went to two AFC championship mm-hmm. games. I think we're going to be all right with him. Like, why the fuck did <laughs> I think that? I remember when they when they pulled Jalen Hurts and put in Nate Sudfeld. I was like, Sudfeld's been on the team for three years. We're about to win this game. <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming I back. Was like, I was like, I was, hey, gonna, like, I was like ordering up a Sudfeld jersey <laughs> until I saw him. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, I got to spell his name myself. I don't feel like that. Now, I, just, now I would the, just uh, wear one to troll Giants fans. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I mean. So Be I was just troll. about to say, everyone was bitching so much about how unprofessional it was. Yo, if we don't throw that game... You're not looking at Devontae Smith. I tell you what, you're talking like a Sixers process fan right now. That's how you. That's how you get ahead. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, we had nothing to win. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. We literally accept a meaningless game. I was fine with that. Listen, but yeah, I, was I, I didn't. I haven't. I didn't get into basketball until the Sixers started tanking, and I became a huge fan because I was like, I like yeah, honesty. Yeah. Like that's like my favorite type of comedy. I like people who tell the truth. I've, I like when I was younger, I was an exaggerator. Like I was a person that like didn't always tell the truth if I was worried about somebody's reaction. Um, if you listen to me on podcasts like eight years ago, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> I'm like fucking weird. It's not good. Yep. But like as I get older, like I appreciate that more. I totally forgot what I was talking about. Well, why was I talking about being honest? 
because it's the six year old tanking. Tanking. No. that's what it was that's what it was because it was when sam hinky came in hinky came in mm. he was like yeah. we're gonna try to lose every game and if we start to win i'm gonna trade the good players like he would he just had and then yeah and then they lost every game and then they were like you're fired yeah, they, and they, then yeah, they, they pulled the plug <laughs> on him a year before he start to got to start really right when right when yeah Right when they were about to be able to reap the benefits of the years that he had put in of doing this horrible, gross thing that I'm sure he hated doing, but uh, he saw the end result. Yeah, and good. what is the end result now? We have like Joel Embiid, who everybody loves. He's the uh, not, beyond being one of the top. I'd say I think he's in the top five players in the NBA right now. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Easily yep. the yep. most likable. Easily, yeah. he's, or at least he's entertaining. Hilarious. He's funny. He likes. He's. You see him like dry humping after he got that leg last night. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that threw people into a fit, like oh, the Wizards fans and stuff. Like, come on, it, it, dude. If if Russell Westbrook hit a three pointer to win a game and then just like started making out with Bradley Beal, you guys would have been like, "Holy shit, man! Look at the love this team has." You know. <laughs> yeah, and I think that should be, like big I deal. Joel Embiid. I think that should be supported. Yes, I love. <laughs> um, I love what they what the Sixers did. I mean, like I I could complain about. Ben Simmons shooting with the wrong hand for four seasons, but I'll I'll, I'll save that diatribe for later. But all of the, all like of that it, comes it? from the Sixers being honest. They were saying we don't want to be the eighth seed for ten seasons every other year. We know what we are. Yeah, we know that like we're we have a enough we have enough cachet to keep stars here once they're here, but not enough to really compete with places like L.A. Like we know we're not going to be that right. for people, but if we are bad enough, we will collect enough assets to where even if we fuck up a couple drafts, it won't matter. It's not building a football team. You need two to three pieces and like you can get the rest in free agency. And so that's what they did. For sure. So I love it. I love, And now we're watching them in the playoffs and I'm like, I, I, I'm very happy to watch how the Sixers built it. And I was not bumming when they were losing. I was like, I also like, I think about guys like uh, uh, they had Covington on the team, uh, TJ McConnell, a lot of players on that team that never, you yeah. never would have known they were good because they never would have played on a real NBA team. Yeah. And then they go and spread their wings, yeah, they you spread know, their wings and now they're places, like, yeah, so. like, yeah, it's like, I feel like I have like little process babies out in the NBA now. Exactly. Look at this dude. <laughs> Look at the dude on the Knicks. It's Alec Burks. He's like a stud. It's like, what? The dude couldn't even get Raul Neto's starting for for the Wizards. Like these weird dudes that you're like, that guy's ugly. Like what the fuck? Now they're I love it, man. I love that Rashawn awesome. Holmes has found his his little niche in the NBA. Like the, to me, it's what they did is like it, it's just so out of the box thinking. You'd be like, I know we're in the NBA, but I'm gonna field an NBA team that would lose half their games to like two lanes JV basketball team, and <laughs> let's see what happens. And maybe we'll get maybe something good will happen. To me, it was another loss against the Green Waves, triple eighteen. Damn. I don't even. Know. I, I I don't know why I thought about Tulane's basketball. Do they have a basketball team? Not, they're not even a MAC team. What what, what are they? With? They're uh, Tulane is in the AAC, right? Is that wow? Look at oh, you! Man. My God, I used to write. I used to write sports for for small conferences and stuff. MAC and oh, AAC dude, stuff, we're, so we're really that, speaking. But... We got we got X Pac on here. My grandfather, and now if we're going to talk oh, about man. Buffalo's coaching hire. I mean, dude, this this is my sweet spot. This is the these are the fans Let's I go, want. Man. This is not just like it got very Philly centric. We all got ties, you know. Two of us are straight Philadelphians. One's a Philly sports fan, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, our bed spent a half hour talking Philly sports. Let's go ahead and throw a little wrench 
Let's talk about Buffalo Bulls football <laughs> head coaching. <laughs> Like, okay. I only talk Matt, about college now, football teams that have the track around the football field. <laughs> the college football game's happening, and the women's yeah. 400 meter is getting timed at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't don't misinterpret the, that cheer. I know it was defensive holding on the on the Bulls, but she actually just cleared that third hurdle. So. <laughs> you hear like a gunshot. You think someone's firing in the audience there's like a gang rivalry it's like no no they're just running races they you know it's a uh, no it's it's hilarious and i really love the college the small college teams are the best and the only the reason i'd say college football has kind of become my favorite um my favorite thing to watch i don't watch college basketball during the season but i always watch the tournament obviously because yep as somebody who obviously my podcast is about backup quarterbacks i love underdogs who do, who's watching Alabama versus the Citadel and it's 10 to 10 at halftime and isn't like have to have a raging boner. Like, Oh my God, is the <laughs> Citadel about to end Alabama's eight, eight year home winning streak? Sure. Like it's so much <laughs> fun Citadel. when those little schools go up against the big schools and win. And you just need like two or three a year. And you're like, it, it, it just, I feel like it just fills me with, like, I'll go to sleep thinking about App State in the big house from 13 years ago. Dude, you have to stop because I was just about to say, you read my mind with the Zordich and the, and the Tim Houck call. So I was literally just about to say, what's the biggest upset? And then you you just hit it right before I even fucking answered the, the question. Get the hell out I, of my I, head. I've, I've, li- I've watched a couple of YouTube videos. I know there's. It's got to be the biggest. It's, it, here's the thing. It's not the biggest. Like if you just go, I mean, you guys are spending uh, spending a bet, a sports betting podcast. You can look up what was actually like the craziest odds of a win, and I think it's like that one's like the fourth or fifth biggest one. Yeah. But like, who cares that like the biggest one was like East Washington against Oregon in eighteen or eighteen fifty? Yeah. Like that was <laughs> yeah. the big one because that was the beginning when- of the college football season, and it was. Uh, uh, it's a name that you've never heard. App State sounds like they just made it up so that Michigan could beat them, and like it sounds delicious. Yeah, actually, it really, it really does. Um, <laughs> so that that one just has like the when you think upset, you that one comes to mind first. But there, there's a lot of great ones, and there there the thing is is I think COVID. One thing I liked about college football happening. Uh, thank you, people that made it happen. That forced you know some conferences to do it against their will. Uh, is that it? Like it threw people so much that there were more small teams winning last year. So it sucked that there weren't mm-hmm. audiences, but like I felt like there were. It was a great season for upsets because of COVID. It, it kind of it what it did it kind of equalized stuff that isn't normally equal. Like big yeah, time, like I'm gonna yeah. go, we're gonna go play Tennessee, but there's not gonna be anybody there. I don't know why I picked Tennessee, but any any right. big SEC school that usually has ninety thousand people screaming now they're not there. Oh, I guess like. We're not as overmatched. I think it was was it. I think it was Buffalo that beat Tennessee yeah, they, in Neyland Stadium. Yeah, and it was that. There wasn't it. The running back had like five. Touchdowns. Oh yeah, that guy, I can't think of the guy's name, but he's that dude's a beast. Yeah. But did he get drafted? Is he still with them? I forget. Is it Jared, Jared Patterson? Jared I'm Patterson. Find him on there. I don't know. But, got, but the thing is, is Buffalo yeah, has and, two running backs, or at least they had last year. I don't know if they were both seniors. So even with the loss of. Uh, 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 Leopold, I think they'll be. I think they'll be good. I think that he's built something there. That's uh, there. We go. He just signed. Um, it is Jarrett Patterson. He signed with uh, 
the Washington football team as an unrestricted or as a uh, non-drafted free agent. That dude could be a beast. Him and Antoine or Antonio Gibson, Woodman, look out. Look you know, out. It's, it's like um, th- there could be somebody listening to this podcast in a dorm at the University of Buffalo, and they'd be like, these guys are talking yeah. about the Bulls too much. <laughs> and and they're sitting they're like next sitting to Jared next, Patterson. Their yeah, they're like, yeah, they're on the football team. They're like, all right, can we move on to something that matters? We Nobody cares, including me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woodman, what did you have there? Well, a lot of the sports had a flattening of the competitive nature of things just because without – without some of their star players. Like some of the teams had their star players either like had to sit because they would test positive for COVID or they would be like, oh, he was exposed. And in many cases, like some of these sports, especially the NBA, they just wanted to sit them. They didn't feel like playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, um, but like I think even in college, like some of the, you know I mean? Like Trevor Lawrence, right? Missed some time because uh, he didn't have COVID, but he was like exposed to it or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think he actually had it. Okay. I think it was but one the of those. Point, uh, I'm just saying, like, some of the flattening that happened was because of that. But I think that Eric's right that most of it was because there was no crowd. Like, it really does mm-hmm. change the dynamic. Um, already this year has been so much more fun for, for baseball than last oh year. God. Just yeah, because the crowd, like, I mean, even though it's only like half in most of the stadiums, but like, it's so much better than that garbage last year. Like, the little, the little uh, cardboard cutouts no, they, of like, people they, and stuff like that. They set up the. F- they set up the stadium like it's Kevin McAllister and Home Alone trying to trick the sticky bandits. There's people there. Yep. Like there's like guys on trains that going been around great. the promenade of Yankee Stadium. And like we're not children. Don't have they could have incorporated they could have yeah, they could have incorporated like COVID baseball with booby traps. That would have been fucking awesome. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. But speaking of the dynamic, Woody, let, let's change the dynamic. We've been a little off our game the last couple of weeks. Eric, you're going to chill with us for a couple picks here, and then I want to get your thoughts just about the comedy world right now before we call it quits. Let's run through a little parlay, John, here. By the way, John, the word John, Eric, does that ring a bell to you? Do you know what that is? John, yeah. J-A-W-N. I've been using it more on Twitter. It's a Philly Philly word. word. I feel like it's like a Philly word for like jizzing, but I don't know what it means. Well, you know what it is? It is, but it's also a Philly word for anything. John is literally a noun. John a noun and yeah. a thing you can say call anything a john like you yeah. got those johns on your ears right now you're talking to a john you know I, what i mean i'll your be john honest looks the thing really... i go to is like a, a guy that's soliciting sex from a, a prostitute like a john there you go a he's cheap, a john um, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah 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 john doe, john doe. yeah a murdered <laughs> that's right a, a murdered person <laughs> a murdered yeah. thing i'm watching yeah. i'm watching a lot of sopranos <laughs> right. right now so there are a lot of johns there you go Showing up. Well, that's a, that's a good – that's some good juju we got going into that. We'll talk about murdered people right before we make our picks. But let's try and make it work, Woody. As always, batting first, playing center field. Woody, actually, since we're going to do parlays this week, why don't you just give them like boom, boom, boom? Because I know I know you're playing baseball. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing a, doing a three-team parlay. It's baseball. The Red Sox – this is a – sorry, this is for Friday, tomorrow. All the games? All three. Friday night. So once again, get to the show ASAP, ladies well, yeah, and gentlemen. Night though, you have the whole day tomorrow. So this is good. Either um, front or back end. So get, tomorrow get night at like seven o'clock, you got three games. You got the Red Sox are home against the Marlins. The Yankees are in Detroit, and the Brewers are at the Nationals. So Red Sox, Yankees, Brewers. Damn, I didn't mean that quick. If you do them as a parlay, it's plus three fifty nine. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, 
throw uh, 20 bucks at it, you make $70. I like it. I think it's, um, I think, right. you know, the Red Sox and Yankees are heavily favored. The Brewers are not. They're they're plus 100. So it's, it's kind of a toss. Where are we at here? Hold on. Red Sox, Yankees, Brewers, correct? Yeah. And what was that uh, parlay pay? Plus 359. All right, my man. I mean, you hit that quick. That was quicker than I thought, but good for you. You, you good? I'm good. I, I just, you know, if you look at the pictures, you guys will see that I'm right. This is how it's going to go. Wow. Look at that. Just says, you see, this is what I love about us. We might have an off week. So, Eric, we've made money on our podcast. This is our 31st okay. show. Out of all the picks we've made, we went. So they would say, technically, they say, if you want to be a professional better, you have to hit on 54%, especially with football. We hit on 60% oh. on our podcast. So, bad out. And then we have made money on our podcast. If people took all our bets every week, 26 of 30 weeks so we're you know we're so what you're saying is Pretty give good. me the money that i need to live and trust that that will continue <laughs> that's my yes. we like to um encourage people to uh i'm sure i'm gonna say this out loud just so to follow up about that because i want people to we like to gamble responsibly <laughs> so that means that we bet most no 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 no, no. You said we. You said we. Mostly, Go ahead and talk to yourself, mostly, mostly, mostly in small amounts and mostly for fun. Yes. Uh, not, okay. not because you're in, you're unable to feel feelings other than the crushing loss of gambling. It's not that you're not like, <laughs> yep. I, I don't see anything in my children's eyes. All I feel is if the Grizzlies don't cover, don't cover the under. I <laughs> feel like a person. That's not what you're encouraging people Dude, to I'm, do. I'm so scared for your for you know a month from now when your conversation with your wife Liz is going to be like, uh, why didn't you go to therapy this week? But like, oh, I, I couldn't afford it. I gave all my money to these guys to do their bets. I don't and, even know. What, you know I don't even fuck. know what parlay means. When you were saying that, I was thinking of like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. But then I was just oh, thinking yeah. about how hot Kira Knightley was. I don't didn't even stick with you on that. I know nothing about. She is hot in that movie, but she is way too thin. Oh, she's she's come on. She's a beautiful woman. Let's not let's not part. Let's not. Let's be real. Oh, you almost went parlay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be real here with – let's get to the hard court where I've been having some success maybe off and on lately, last two weeks. But before that, no, we got NBA playoffs here. Talking Sixers, Sixers-Wizards Saturday, the over is – the over-under is at 227.5. First game went over. Second game went under. Third game – okay, you got to hit the under, right? Because Russ just got hurt limping off. You got to take the under. No, no, no. Over. Russ is probably going to play. He's going to be pissed off. Got popcorn poured on him. Who doesn't want to bounce back and put up 40 on that? Bradley Beal's on fire, and the Sixers are going to get another W. Uh, I'm not necessarily comfortable where the line's at. It's at about five and a half. However, I do think that they're going to understand it's time for us to do a sweep and actually like show this league what we're about. I do like points being scored in this game. Give me over 227 and a half. So... Eric, that just means the total combined points in that game has to be 228 or above. You know, a 115-114 game, we hit the over. I was just you know thinking I mean? about hugging my father in the streets of Philadelphia. I, I went out again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you, Cotman. I would like to place a bet. I would like to place a bet. <gasps> I would like to bet uh, everything I – Do I have a live bet I would like sounder? to bet everything I know that – Brian calls himself a libertarian, but votes Republican. <laughs> what? <laughs> How much money can I collect on that? Oh, good for you. <laughs> that's that's what Christian uh, has to say about that. Right? We can neither right. confirm nor I, deny. This, I appreciate so that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This dude knows me like the back. Sorry to take it. Sorry to take it's it. Beautiful. 
Oh, no, no, no. You're obviously right. But anyway, go <laughs> on, Fry. Big time. I don't even know what that means, but whatever. I don't know what a libertarian is, but it sounds, I think. Like, it sounds like what, you. Yeah. It sounds like some porn I used to watch. Anyway, huh. um, Nets minus seven at the Celtics. Give me the Brooklyn Nets. Boston, this is on Friday. These next two games Friday night. Once again, get at this pod, ladies and gentlemen. Get into your weekend with some W's. Uh, Boston looks like the 76ers last year when the Sixers got swept by yeah. Boston out of the gate. Thought they had a chance. After a game or two, we're like, oh, fuck, let's just, let's just go home. Brooklyn, they got all these big boys that need rest. They need rest. They, they're, they're super talented guys, but these guys, Harden's up there. Durant's always hobbling around. These guys want to win in four and go ahead and take a few days to chill. And that's what they're going to try and do. So give me the minus seven, another double-digit win by the Nets. Sixers over 227.5. Nets minus seven. Lastly, New York Knickerbockers, ladies and gentlemen, getting four on the road in Atlanta. Hell of a series so far. Two amazing games at Madison Square Garden. One dude just hasn't really performed to his potential. I've been on this dude since Kentucky, and he finally came on board this year as like a fucking stud, and he has still not pulled the trigger on this series yet, and it's going to happen tomorrow night. Knicks are getting four points. I like them to win. Take the four to be nice. Julius Randle going to explode. Possibly putting money on a Julius Randle triple-double tomorrow as well. Look at the Twitter for that ad. Jump the sharp. But, yo, Sixers, Wizards over. Nets minus seven. Knicks plus four. That's me this weekend. Giddy up. What does that get me if I do that as a three-team parlay? A great question. Does anybody have something they would like to talk about for a minute as I Yes, I will this. define the word parlay, not just for Eric, but for any of our listeners that don't remember, or, or I, we may never have actually gone through it. It just means, Eric, in gambling, it just means that I'm saying that the three, if I'm doing a three-leg, you can do different le- you know, numbers of legs. I could do a two-leg parlay, three, four, but I'm most common is three. What I'm saying Say is game, not leg, because now you're making it very bodily. But it could be a same gamer. That's true. What I'm saying is the three outcomes that I'm telling you to bet on, they all have to hit. But if they do all hit, the 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 book, the 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 bookie is going to pay me. Uh, we're basically going to multiply my winnings. So I'm betting on three things to happen, but not individually together. And so they I get paid. I get paid like essentially three times as much. You Got know? it. So, so Dave, I mean, while we, you were, we we like these games individually. And I was going to say, ahead, Dave, sorry. while you were explaining that, I astroplaned back to my childhood and saw myself praying, wishing for friends. So, but I don't. I don't have them. <laughs> it's all, hey. right. And I'm not one. So not Mon- really. money gets money gets you friends. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is plus six hundred on my parlay, Woodman. Nice. So that's six to one. Six to one odds. I'll be taking Put, that. You know, put put ten bucks, win sixty. You know, do the math. Um, that's what we got this week. Before we say goodbye to Eric, I just want to ask a couple questions because I mean, we've been talking a lot about sports. We got into your uh, genesis in the comedy world, the whole nine. But I, I had a couple questions. I'm just cu- kind of curious about the quarantine that everybody had to go through. What has that taught you about comedy, if anything? Um, the biggest thing, I mean, for comedy, I mean that that's. Has it changed any aspect of comedy or has it like made you look at it in a different way? Or well, Sorry, can I jump in I just, just to ask like a Absolutely. very like um, to sharpen up uh, the question just like – What a in dick. A way. No, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely what I meant. Guys. Uh, yeah, it is. Go for but, it. No, like so we've, we've, we've all heard <laughs> – we've all heard that comedy is like a muscle, right? Like um, that people say that, you know, that you got to keep 
um, you know, if you want to get really, you just said it earlier, I think that if you want to get good, you got to go and to New York and like do a bunch of shows like every night, even like do, get your type five, get everything down, whatever, bringer shows. I don't know. I'm throwing out words that I don't really know what they mean. Yeah. But and the and point slogans is that like you gotta, type vibe. You got <laughs> to work on it. And so I think what, what, he, what we're trying to say is like in quarantine, you couldn't work on it in the same way. Does that maybe show us that maybe we were wrong? Because you've obviously gotten better. You're, I mean, you're kicking ass right now. Your show is as as funny as anything either of us have heard in forever, dude. Like, you obviously have shown there's a way to get through this quarantine and still be really funny. How how did you do it? Um. Well, thank you. That's a very nice thing to say. Uh. Yeah. I mean, first off, I mean, I'll just say any advice anybody ever gives is just their own life, and then they map it onto your life. So, like, I'll just say what I've done. Like. I remember when I was moving out to LA, people would be like, here's what's going to happen, bro. You're not going to get a job for three months. Your brother-in-law is going to die, but then you're going to take a job mm-hmm. at the dealership. I'm like, this is what happened to you. This is not my life. I don't have a brother-in-law that owns a dealership. All right. So, uh, but for me, what happened was, is I started listening to comedians who built their own fan base, which is, that's very different from like, even when I moved to LA, which was 2018, I was like, I'm going to get a job on a TV show. I'm going to write on a show. And then I moved out here and was like, well, first off, like I'm not like the most progressive person. So already my politics are at odds. And I, when I'm on stage, I say what I think. So that already precludes me from a lot of opportunities if I'm being honest with myself. But also I was just like, it's such a long shot that way. The real thing to do is build something yourself. And then people see the thing that you have and go, oh, I want to be a part of that. And that's what I, I always reference uh, Andrew Schultz did with his Netflix uh, quarantine special was like they wouldn't put somebody like Andrew Schultz on Netflix unless he forced their hand by having millions of people already watching what he was doing. Um, Tim Dillon's the same way. You mentioned your Patreon your uh, before we hopped on with your pa- your brother's Patreon. Mm-hmm. Brother, I'm sorry. Yep. Um, yeah. Tim. It's okay. His dealership's it's doing great. well too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice callback. Uh, no, Tim, I was listening. Tim Dillon is a comedian I like a lot. And he was saying on his podcast, I heard a clip going, if you're a comedian with a phone and an internet, internet connection, and you're not working on finding fans online right now, just quit. It's over. It's over. You're never going to do it. You were telling yourself it was because you were too busy and that's why you weren't doing it before, but now you're not busy and you're still not doing it. And just the way hearing that was like for some it felt life-changing to me to be like oh i why why i've been thinking about the podcast thing for a long time why have i not done it yet there's really no excuse so for me during the quarantine i don't think i've ever worked harder in my life without making money really i worked my ass off to get this thing off its feet and hopefully people are liking it i'm glad you guys are liking it and you know whatever it grows at the rate it's growing every month but yeah, that's what I would say is like, especially now um, with the way I'd say like, not just the way comedy is, but the way people take in content, it's so specialized to your interest that if you are actually being active, if you are actually making something that you think is high quality and you know there's people that are out there that would like it, you have every tool with this fucking phone to reach out and find them and be like, here it is. I saw you like this thing on your Twitter profile. Stop. Uh, I saw you, Charlie. Yeah. I saw, I saw you, I saw you you post something about Bill's mafia in between your 20 tweets shitting on Trump. 
take a listen to my podcast and maybe live your life a little bit more. And, and by the way, the same thing the other wise, like MAGA people, like I, I'll reach out to MAGA people and like lightly roast them and be like, here's a podcast that doesn't talk about fucking, you know, Tom Hanks eating infants or whatever horseshit you guys believe now too. <laughs> so like all that stuff, I feel like the quarantine has done a lot of driving people crazy by just looking into their phones and kind of reinforcing their own bubbles. But as a comedian, as a comedian, if you didn't feel your career go like this, it's, I feel like it's because you weren't using the time. We all had nothing but time to reach out to people. So yeah, that's, that's what I did. And I, I, it was not my idea. Like I said, I, I watched other people do it much more successfully than me. Um, as, as far as like just stand up, stand up is a muscle. So I, I mean, I did my first live shows a couple of weeks ago in Ohio and I was definitely rusty. Like it's awesome. your timing's off, all that stuff, but that'll come back. You know, like the, the real, the real skill is the, the work ethic of I'm going to have a thing that comes out every two weeks, hell or high water. It's going to be there and it's going to be there for years and people will know to come back to it. Um, I think about yep. how I listen to podcasts that I like where I'm like, I'll, awesome. I'll have a podcast I love and then I won't listen to it for like eight months. And then for some reason, it'll come up on my phone and be like, oh, yeah, I'll put it back on. And I'll listen to eight episodes in a row. So like the real thing right. is not the yeah. real thing is just not quitting, keeping going and having something that you believe in that you enjoy doing uh, and having the confidence to then put it out into the world. And be, that means some people will not like it, too, and being able to accept that. So yeah, that's right. For what it's worth, the unknown comic, thirty-five years old, uh, not making money in comedy. But if you want my advice, that is it. Like, just <laughs> commit to a thing and make yourself really good at it, and be willing to put it in front of people when the product's ready. That's that's what it is. Yeah, see, that's awesome because I, you know, I, like I was saying about the, the comedy landscape and all, I think is just like struggling as far as I miss sitcoms, man. I miss you know the the Cheers is of the world and all that shit. But to me, stand up will never die. Stand up is just the purest form of comedy. And yeah. you know, I caught some of your clips and all, and it's just, I just, I don't know. I just feel like that's that will as, as long as that's done. I just don't want to water down. You know the society we are now, and everyone's scared to laugh now, and it's stupid. It's like just go have a good fucking time and listen to, you know, a joke. Listen to a black dude do a white dude's voice and a white dude do a black dude's voice. Like it's fine. Just fucking relax. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't understand, it's, uh, man. I, I think what it is, what I usually chalk it up to, is like I think our phones make us not. We're not primed to look at things in context anymore. We're, we're, we're primed mm-hmm. to look at things as statements and you, if I'm telling a joke to somebody like in a live comedy setting and then somebody writes down what I said and puts it on Twitter, you're like, oh, well, even when I read it, I'm like, I said that Jesus Christ. Well, that's not, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like, to be, <laughs> right. I didn't say it like it was right. like the Gettysburg address. I was talking to a drunk heckler. Like <laughs> what the fuck? Like these are statements now. <laughs> so like that's, that is the context and it is an important one. That, you know, like, you know, staying away from names or anything like that. It's like that's been the most frustrating thing for the comedy community in my in the last couple of years that I've seen is like I feel like comedians have started to like Mm -hmm. criticize other comics in a way that compromises the process of being funny. And that's that that is the thing that you have to defend. Nobody has to defend a great bit. 
Like I don't have to go look at Bill Burr's last special and be like, and let me defend how he came up with that joke that almost offended you but was mm-hmm. perfectly mm-hmm. worded. Because you don't have to because he's – there he is on Netflix with a joke that works. The part you have to defend is when he's working that yeah. bit out six months later and he hasn't smoothed out the edges and it is a little too harsh or it, it he says a word he's not supposed to or whatever and he bombs on stage and has to go home and hone it. And the real penalty of doing that is if you if you right. are a comic that's constantly like trying to like be a shock comic or whatever – you're going to have a lot of shitty sets because it's like people do – that does wear thin on people. So punishment is totally. often what happens in the room when you do it. Uh, but yes, I've just seen a lot of comics that mm-hmm. are like more than willing mm-hmm. to kind of like – it seems like throw other comics process in clubs under the bus to like gain social media traction. And that is no. that is not good for the art form and it's – I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to get people off of that other than to just say like – this is not real. Like what pe- people being your friend on yeah. Twitter and like growing your audience that way. It's like, it's not, it's not real. Like focus on the actual, yeah, it's, not the, it's not the real way of gaining a relationship. Yeah, Focus on like the that. actual process of making yourself undeniable at comedy and like keep your eyes on right. your own paper and fucking work hard. Like, yeah, that, that, that's how I feel. And I've definitely, that's the shift that I'm like, I want to, encourage my comedic friends when I see people like there's really no reason to stick your nose in somebody else's like, you know, Oh, somebody's getting canceled or whatever. Like, why do you need to chime in? What is it? What are you really doing? Who are you helping? You know, you're just, you're probably better off not. Yeah. Yeah, You're making it. You're you're better off not chiming in for a, for a number of reasons. You're better off not chiming in. Right. You, you, first of all, you don't, it's none of your business and you don't, you shouldn't care that much. And, and, but I think also it's like, you're like, you were talking, you spoke very eloquently a moment ago. You were saying that you, um, it was the punishment line. Yeah. It was the punishment line. Thanks, Brian. It was a very, very well spoken thing. Yeah. I wish I could remember exactly the way you phrased it. Basically, if you, if you put out punishment, you're going to get punishment. Yeah. It's a lot of people who criticize comedians have never stood on stage and told a joke and had nobody laugh. And feel like that feeling of like a horse kicking you in the chest and being like, oh, and you get like the fucking cold sweat and then you go home. And if you're not in your hometown, then you're just in a hotel thinking about it like that's rough. And that's a that's a hard life that people choose. Um, I'm not trying to like act like I'm like a fucking hero or anything because I'm just a comic. But like that, it's good words to hear, though, you know, it's Refreshing. At this point, yeah. it's like it's hacked to quote Patrice O'Neill, but I will because he's I no one's ever put it more eloquently than him where he goes. Every joke has the exact same birth. The exact same birth is you think in your head, I think this will be funny. And then you say it and you see if it is. And sometimes it is and yeah. sometimes it's yeah. not. And sometimes it's really offensive and sometimes it's you sometimes you even get in trouble for it. But like if you're a true comedian, it's the same thing every time. You're, if you're trying to be funny, that's the context. And that's not an easy thing to do. And a lot of people who can't do it criticize other people's process of trying to do it or successfully doing it in a lot of cases. And that's, that is crazy to me because it's like, I don't know. I just feel like anybody who criticizes a comic should have like, you have to do 10 open mics in a week minimum, like for a month. And then you get to write your shitty article. Cause like, honestly, like if if you you don't understand what it is to try, to pull an emotion, a laugh out of a person. 
when a, when a comic comes on stage, it's adversarial with the audience. It's not improv. Hey, can I get a suggestion? Oh, lawyer no, time. Right, right, Sounds right, good. Right. Let's all clap together and make eye contact. Yeah. It, it's not some communal. The audience is sitting back sometimes with their fucking arms crossed and they're drunk and someone goes, this next guy is real funny. And in their head, because we're all animals, they go, yeah, we'll see about that. So you walk on stage being like, I'm going to make You're right. you laugh. It's an involuntary thing. That is hard work. And part of that work. Right. That goes to say what you, what you and Brendan were saying, too, about when, you know, because uh – People, you know, I, I've heard it before. Like I, people will say, man, you're really funny. You should be like, this is back in the day. You, you're really funny. You should be a comedian. And it's like that that doesn't necessarily correlate. You can be funny. Doesn't mean you're good, going to be a good comedian. Like that is two total different oh, yeah. styles. Yeah. You and Brendan were, you had a specific bit, but it doesn't matter what the bit was. And I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, wow. You were saying that. No, 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 no. Brian, hang on. <laughs> you were saying, you guys were saying that. That would be X, whatever the thing was, would be funny in real life, but it would die on stage. Yeah. Right. And and Brian's right. Like, and then you got onto that next point, which is obviously true. Like, just because you're funny at parties or um, you know, <laughs> yeah. with your wife or something, you know I mean like that doesn't mean you could do stand up. It's a it's a as you say, it's adversarial. And I feel like there's a lot of people who wouldn't be comfortable or know how to kind of navigate that adversarial relationship no and and it's also uh this is the last thing i could talk about you know cancel culture for yep. hours if i needed to but i'll i'll, I'll end it on no, this no right, we're good um there's different like uh, there's different colors of the rainbow when it comes to comedy and like when i'm watching a comedian like uh uh pete holmes I don't do comedy like Pete Holmes, but I appreciate that that's a type of comedy. Like, I'm a goofy dad type guy. Go, blah, 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 blah. Right. And there's nothing, he's not <laughs> saying anything to hurt anybody, and he's not that type of comedian. Same, Brian Regan, clean comedian, no jokes, and or no cursing, and then the topics he talks about, when people say clean, they're not just saying no cursing, they're saying, what are your subject matters? You're avoiding religion, you're avoiding sex. Right. Like, yep. that's an art form in itself. Someone like Dave Attell, that's a different art form. Somebody like Jim Norton, who's talking about, you know, getting trans hookers and sleeping with people in like different, going to Brazil and just living in a bathhouse for a month. Like there's like different colors of how people like to laugh. And sometimes people like to laugh with just like mean, right. shitty comedians. Like that, that is a part of the human psyche. And I don't want Pete Holmes to have to do that type of comedy. But we have to leave space for there to be mm. comedians like that because that's part – like to cut that off and to say everybody's got to sound like this. Everybody's got to think like this. Well, then you're really limiting creativity, and that doesn't just affect the people making the art. It affects the people that want to consume the art. Like Dave Attell is some co people's favorite comedian. Jim Norton is some people's favorite comedian. Those people deserve to have platforms too. So – for sure. You know, like all the hand wringing about like this guy said this thing and it offended me. It's like I, I get it, but just turn it off. Like if, if you're really that upset by it, I mean they have – the other thing is everything's digital now. They can tr literally track when you turn shit off. So if you don't like something and you're watching it. <laughs> right. You get second. Like the YouTube YouTube people are like, why did people turn off at 429 when my video is 560? Yeah, like, like, like we're actually living in a time now where like 
it's not just saying turn it off if you don't like it because you're like trying to dismiss somebody. It's like, no, no, no. If enough people do that, then like people stuff will stop getting funded. So you actually do have an ability <laughs> yeah. to yep. speak with your leaving a room, leaving a digital space when you don't mm-hmm. like something. Clicking. Yeah. Something. So there's no yeah, so right. like the 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 let's fucking like get pitchforks and sing kill the beast and go get a comedian because they're individuals by themselves. Because we don't want to take on corporations that are screwing people. Let's go get a comic for saying a naughty word. That stuff, I think, has got to stop. People have to be like, if you don't like something, you don't have to listen to it. And leave space for artists to be artists. Like, that's what... That's what we should do. I think that's the I think that's the way forward. That's that's how I would solve. Awesome, that's man. how I would solve the world. No, that's that's yeah. badass. And uh, one one question before you leave is I just and it's probably the most important question I'm going to ask today is how is the hole in the wall coming along? You can see where it was. I know this isn't good radio for your audience, but that's where it was right there. Is is there a good spackle job? It. Okay, you get one of those like graded. Oh, you did a good job, man. Graded. I, I'm not yeah, a man. I, I hired somebody on TaskRabbit I, to come by and do it. Oh, I was going to uh, say. And I shamefully <laughs> watched him clean it, and <laughs> it really bummed out my wife. It really bummed shameful. out my wife. What, that you no, that do I it? punched a hole in the wall. The, the wall. It's not like <laughs> it's it's not like a normal thing to punch a hole in the walls at thirty. I mean, I did that. I punched a hole in the wall once in my Dude. teens, once in my twenties, and now once in my thirties. I'm really gonna hope that my forties, I go ahead and don't punch a hole in the wall. Well, you were smart enough to go for drywall when I was in college. I walked. This is this is gonna date it, but it was like two early two thousands. I walked into my apartment and saw my roommate with his i am you know the little uh, instant messenger friends box up with his window open speaking to my the girl i was you know currently seeing mm-hmm. at the time and i instead of punching him i we this we were built in this north philly you know it's all made out of fucking cinder blocks i went ahead and made a correlation between his face and the wall and then broke oh no so did he like take it just broke on his face but now he he actually disappeared from the apartment for a week. He went and lived with somebody in a dorm that he knew for a little while. Yeah. But and probably the only thing that soothed him was so, at least you were smart enough to go the ahead. The only thing that soothed him during that time was making love to the girl that you were seeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had to go with my left hand for the week, oh, which sucks, feels like a different person. I wasn't used to that, but nevertheless, it does. Yeah. It does. So you know, maybe I was cheating on her but nevertheless uh before you go shows you have maybe coming up anything you want to shout when out does, like i mean are you coming when, to is East this, Coast? when does this drop this will be tonight oh, at great midnight. well if you're in california i'm doing flappers comedy club on uh june 4th it's on my website erichelwig.com if you want to grab tickets uh that's eric with the c, eric and, with the c and the k yeah that's right and then uh, for anything else, I mean, I haven't, I don't have anything booked right now other than I just got into a comedy festival that's in North Carolina sometime in September. So I'll have, I'll have a little mini North Carolina tour coming up at some point. And, you know, California is still very much slowly coming back from uh, whatever quarantine stuff. So there's not too many yeah. open venues right. yet. So I'm hoping that stuff picks up here in the next couple of weeks. But all that stuff, if you go to my website, which is erichelwig.com, there's a, I literally have a thing where it says live shows. You can click on my bands in town and subscribe to my bands in town, and it'll literally tell you if I'm coming to your city. And that's the best way to keep track and make cool. sure you don't miss me. All right. We'll be doing that because if you come anywhere near Philly, we'll definitely oh, be there. For um, sure. 
It'll be great. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, and I mean, I don't know if it's in the mix, but I mentioned before, I, it, you eventually are planning on ho- hopefully having a Patreon page, so people look out for that. Yeah, right? yeah, and all, it, same deal. If you go to my website, there's a little thing that says Patreon. Now, all you do is it if you click on Patreon, it sends you to my email and just say, I want to be on your Patreon. I have a little list. There you go. I have a little list of who's told me they're interested. So, uh, yeah, that sh- that'll start in the next probably two months, I think. Something yeah. Like that. Cool, man. Cool. Dude, wish you the best of luck with everything. Funny as fuck and uh, just awesome banter and the, 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 the Eagles talk, everything. Really appreciate your time. You didn't have to give us this much time, but we truly appreciate it, dude. And, yeah, we uh, really do, man. Thank wish you. you the best of luck with everything and hopefully we'll, we'll catch up I assure soon. you guys my time is worthless and not that valuable, so it was no issue to give you 90 minutes of it and uh yeah i had a good time let's uh let's do it again thanks man later big time man well that's going to be our show this week jump the sharp ladies and gentlemen the woodman very special guest eric hellwig here this is your boy brian hollywood hagen saying peace the fuck out see you next week